This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Louie Nanny time. And, uh, sir, your, your second favorite team in town, the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm sure you'll be at the X. <laughs> yes, I will be at the X. It's going to be a fun game, but I'll tell you one thing. The, the Wilder are going to know that these guys work as hard as anybody in the league. When they come out there... Uh, they don't shortchange you. They they are successful this year because there is no team working harder than they are in the NHL. They're extremely tough at home too. Correct? I think they've lost like once or twice all, all year at home this season. Yeah, they've really been uh, tough at home. And at home, they come out and they seem to get a jump on all the teams. And and uh, for the most part, until they lost that last one, I think it was to Dallas. They they just come out and get leads and they stay on you and they pressure you and the crowd gets into it. Mm-hmm. It's a very lively crowd there and, and they've been uh, very successful because they are relentless. So, Lou, uh, the Wild goes through a, a recent stretch uh, where they played pretty well and went 6-1-1. One, and one. They come back the past two games and lose by a combined, uh, or, or give up a combined 13 goals to the Blues and the Jets. What is your what is your state of the team right now? How, how potentially concerned are you after what's happened the past two games? I'm I'm concerned. They're fragile right now, and and when you're fragile, you gotta you gotta take it right back to the basics, and you gotta you gotta play very very solid defensively. You you have to make certain that no matter where you are in the ice, you know you're not ever forgetting the defense is part of the game. Even when you got the puck, you in other words, you make the right plays. You don't you don't make uh, you know cross ice passes when you're the last guy. You you don't. Uh, uh, play f- flat-footed with the puck. You you got to really remember that any turnover can result in opportunity. So you have to play the game with, with offense in mind, but at the same time, never forgetting defense is a big part of it. Yeah, this, and, and if if you look too, like they're for a while they had played fewer games up until like three weeks ago than a lot of the other teams in the West, and that's not the case anymore. You know, it, 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 the longer you go on the outside of the playoff picture, we've seen this in years past where they have to play catch up in the second half of the season. And then if you do get to the playoffs, maybe you're fried out because you just went pedal to the metal in uh, February, March and early April, Lou. So that's that's kind of what they face, the same old problem they had a couple of years ago. You're right, Phil, and you have to also think about uh, three more games or so, and, and you're through one-third of the season. That's a big part of the season. Yeah. And and uh, you can't be leaving yourself out of the playoff picture and and having to climb over a number of teams. It's okay when you got to beat one or two teams, but when you got to beat four and five teams to get into the playoff position, you're in deep trouble. Uh, hey, somebody's going to be winning those games every night. Exactly. Hey, uh, Mike Russo reported yesterday that uh, this is the final year of Chuck Fletcher's contract, which I don't really know. I don't know if that's common for GMs to get into the final year of their contract and then figure it out at the end of the season, but if you're evaluating his body of work over the years, what are the pros and what are the cons if you're evaluating Chuck Fletcher here, Lou? Well, the pros are he made the playoffs for uh, uh, such a string of years. I probably would think there's only maybe four, maximum five other teams that have done the same thing in the National League, made the playoffs that many times in a row. 
believe it or not, when you look at it. There's not there's not a lot of teams that have done <clears throat> what they, the Wild have done there. Uh, the cons are that they, you're in a position right now where some of your better players are, are older and, and you don't have uh, a lot to deal with to, to change the, the face of that. And and so you, at this point, you got to be thinking about when can I move some of these guys and, and do I move it quickly or do I wait to see if I'm going to make the playoffs? But eventually time runs out on, on every player. And so you got to make certain that you're dealing them at the right time. And he... And you have to take steps to keep yourself competitive. Uh, you know, many times you got to be bad before you're good. And unfortunately, Wild haven't been bad enough to be great yet. So, I mean, they're great last year during the regular season, but to, to have a great playoff run, and that's where they're they're looking to do right now. And and you say, how are you going to do it? So, Louis, what should the path be? I mean, if 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 you were in Chuck's shoes right now and you were to go into Craig. What would you tell him? Well, you know, you have to you have to remember uh, what the general manager wants to do and what he can do. All always depends on what the owner is willing to accept. And and uh, I'm not there yet, but if we are in the same situation in January or February, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's. There's going to come a time when you got to you got to you got to tear down to build up. I don't care what you say. You know you got to get there to build up. You look at every great team that's been in the league for a long time. They've been they've been bad for a long time at one stretch or another, and that's how they got the draft choices and the players that they need to get there. And and right now uh, you say, okay, wh- where are you going to go with your team? And you look and you know that Suter and Parisi are no trade clause contracts with. With uh, you know significant dollars, and, and every year that goes by, there's less opportunity for them to move, even if they agree to it, because nobody's going to take on those long contracts. Right. So where does it leave you? Who does it leave you? And then then you got to worry about Koivu. When when is it right that uh, Koivu goes? Because the only time you want people to retire on a contract on the team is if you're going to keep them in in the organization. Everybody's been traded. Uh, you know, Gretzky's been traded, so you can trade anybody. Messi's been traded. So when when does the point come that Koivu is no longer uh, the most meaningful part that you want to keep that's tradable? And you got to make a decision on his contract because, uh, you know, he, he he's the type of player that could help a team in a stretch run, and he might be valuable around February or March and, and if you're going to deal him. Yep. And because what's Koivu now, 32 or something? And you always want to deal the guy, the, the optimum time is right at the top when he's on his way down. And and it's tough to get right at the top. You might get right before the top. And sometimes you might be after the top. And he might be right after the top right now. But that's that's where you can maximize things back. And then you have to look at other players on the team in the same, in the same light. Uh you still got a number of holes in that team, and so you you got to find ways to to get assets to build those those positions up. And uh, you know, I, I mean, looking along, the Wolves have suffered and they haven't made the playoffs, and and they are all excited this year because they got a couple of real good young players to go along with an established veteran like Butler. Well, the Wild might be at the point now where they got to start thinking: are our veterans good enough to? Keep us going with the, our young core. The young core is the most important thing they got going, and that's 
you know, Coyle, Niederreiter, Zucker, Granlin, uh, and Spurgeon. That that's the core of this team right now. And Louis, uh, the Scandella trade to me, I get it, and I get why it was done. I the return to me is not that great. I think you got two bottom six forwards there who are okay players, but they are. But you know, Bruce has tried to play them both on first line at times, and I think they are definite bottom six guys. And for a defenseman, I don't think that that you got enough back for him. Well, you know, I well, you know, I've I've always been a big Scandella fan, so I, I don't. But I'm not involved, and I, I don't know what what the other teams are offering, where they were, what the cap situation was, if he, if they'd have been able to keep him. Uh, they and I know Boudreaux really liked Dumba, and so they wanted to keep Dumba over Boudreaux because of his offensive potential, yeah. and maybe because Burns had done so well after he left. But you know, you you can never make a deal worrying about what the player you're giving up is going to do somewhere else. You have to make a deal thinking, is my team better now than it would have been? Correct. And, you know, whatever happens, happens, and the guys are go. That That's what happens. Because somebody might be better somewhere else because the, the, the surrounding, the situation, the players he's playing with fit better with him. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't concern yourself with that. you got to worry about where am I in right now after the deal is made, am I better? And, and some of these guys, uh, you know, uh, some people like – that's why you got thirty different looking teams. People like different players, but I, I really have to tell you that no, I, I uh, would I be happier, but they couldn't do it. Would I be happier with Palm and Bill Scandella and Halla and Tuck than they would? Yeah, of course. I've got a rant for, for you, and tell me if you agree. But as a defenseman, I want to run this past you, Louis. I can't for the life of me understand this. Ryan Suter's a very good player. We all we all agree on that, right? Right. He consistently plays with Spurgeon, who is also a very good player. Spurgeon, uh, and, and at least that's left shot, right shot, so I sort of get it. Spurgeon gets hurt, and Suter's with Brodeen. They're both the same shot, and once again, we're talking about a pretty good player with a very good player. For the stability of the defense's sake and for a defense that has struggled, why on earth don't you find a combination to put Ryan Suter with a younger player to give you more quality of depth there? Olofsson and Riley together has driven me crazy, and I think it's unfair. Why wouldn't you tell Ryan Suter, Ryan, you're going to play with somebody who you might not like as much, but it's going to be better for the defensive core if we spread Spurgeon out and not play him with you that drove that drives me nuts right now. Well, and, and if you remember a few years back, Spurgeon played with Scandella, and they were a great pair. And at that time, Brodeen was playing with Suter, and Suter was second in the North Trophy voting. Mm-hmm. So I, I get where you're going with that. And 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 now going farther down the line, yeah, your five and six players are, are rookies. Uh, and I, I, I am like you. I, I mean, I. I know they're not going to get a lot of ice time, but when they're on the ice together, you you worry a little bit more, and and you would like to see uh, maybe a more stable situation. Maybe what they could do, occasionally, what they could do anyway, is is break up the younger guys and put them put them with a, an older guy. But it's not just it's not just those two. You got to remember, dumbest strength is offense, not defense. So now you got three that you worry about. So you got three players. Suter, Spurgeon, and Brodeen that you're really confident defensively. 
and then the other three that you you'd like to mix in to get somebody to support them. And when Spurgeon goes out of the game, like in Winnipeg, now you're down to two. Yep. And you see what happens when you're down to two. Yeah. Uh, hey, Lou Nanny, before we uh, say goodbye, just a quick go for go for football question: Are you still rowing the boat? Oh yeah, yeah. One one. If anybody thought this was a short-term deal, they weren't thinking properly. I believe I, you know, you you got to give the guy an opportunity to recruit players, get good players, and and uh, you know, if if you look at if you look at uh, one of the things that really hurt to go for football teams this year and, and just analyze, I I think the 2015 recruiting class basically is just washed out. Yeah, and and so you had no depth there, and and uh, I think you need time to fill those holes. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, finding a quarterback would be helpful. You know, we tend to lack patience, I think, as as Gopher Athletics fans, just because you know it's been so long for football since they were nationally relevant. But patience is is, I guess, that's the uh, the prescription here the next couple of years. Well, I think Phil, you hit the nail on the head. Though the, the key is getting a quarterback that you can really count on that can pass the ball and then use the running attack you got. We really haven't had a great passer for a long time, and I mean a great passer. Yeah, You know, I, I look at even some of these uh, other conference uh, schools that got quarterbacks that throw the ball and throw it effectively. I, that's where we haven't been for a while. That's what we desperately need, and hopefully the junior college guy is the guy that uh, can do it. Hey, Louie, Friday, Wisconsin. Let's see butts in seats, okay? Oh, I mean, so the Wisconsin. Coaches, if you don't come out for the Wisconsin Badgers, that yeah. series, then you just don't like hockey. But not only that, the Gophers are so much fun to watch. I don't know if you saw the the, the series against Notre Dame. They they were just flying and, and getting – they not only got a lot of shots, the main thing is they got a lot of chances. Because a lot of times you could have a lot of shots and not have good chances. They had good chances out of those lot of shots. The goaltender from Notre Dame was spectacular, mm-hmm. but they're a fun team to watch. They're fast. They're they're uh, they're talented. They they're exciting to watch, and and they're young. I, I this this is a fun team to watch, and and you get your money's worth. And you really got to get people to come out, as you said, Judd, and watch this team because they deserve it. Casey Middlestead's worth the price of admission. He certainly is, boy. He and you know when when you look at. Guys that can handle a puck. Not only Middlestead, Novak. Novak's got hands that are just fabulous hands, just fabulous hands. And and when you see guys like that, and I'm, you know, what worries me about Middlestead is going to be one and done, because when you look at Buffalo, we talk about the Wild, but Buffalo they've been suffering for a long time, and and now they're still not playing well. And if you're a general manager and and, a, and an organization, what do you want to do? Sell tickets? So you're going to come and get a guy like Middlestead. They're going to. I guarantee you they're all over them to turn pro next year because the, they got to sell their fans something. Thanks, Louie. Great stuff, Lou. Okay, Thank guys. you. Talk to you next week. Yeah, nice talking to you. Thanks. Enjoy the game. Right, that's our, our friend Lou Nanny joins us every Thursday to talk hockey and life and gophers and uh, whatever else. So the show is your guys's for the rest of uh, the two and a half hours. Uh, Tiger Woods is about to uh, go to the range here and tee off for the first time in a year. So I'll just be watching oh, this. I'm sure, he won't wrench studio, his, I'm sure nothing will happen fill. to his back today. I'm sure I'm sure he won't wrench that back. Won't drop to the ground. Remember when he came back a couple years ago and and everything was fine. You off the tee, he looked healthy. It was like his second back surgery. But then he came back with the chipping yips. Where oh man, it's Tiger's back, but like his chipping hadn't downloaded yet from the surgeries. Maybe hey, something looks like me out there. Yeah, something weird like that might happen today. Oh, like Tiger, Tiger hits everything straight left with his mid irons. Oh, poor Stuff Tiger. Um, poor right. you too. 
Poor who? Me? Poor Tiger and you, because you keep believing it's going to... I think it's poor you guys. You guys won't jump on the bandwagon for a great sports comeback story. I am not rowing the Tiger boat. Sorry. He doesn't want you to. <laughs> okay. you got to be in the know to know, you know? you got to be in the know to know, you know? That's why you're listening to Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Wow, it's been incredibly disappointing. Um, I don't know if we're that in a position that's that dissimilar to last year, but... You know, I'll just say it again. Until our forwards, in particular, start to play the game the right way, um, we will not win. And it's somewhat surprising that uh, Monday's result hasn't happened sooner. It's all mindset. It's all attitude. It is a high-character group. Um, they care. They work. They're skilled. It's a good enough team to win. Um, but right now, it's just—it's got to change. The focus has got to change. And if it doesn't. And this is what we are. We're going to win one, lose one. We'll get blown out occasionally. And Staylock and Dubnik are going to have a, a lot of long nights. Oh. Well, that wouldn't be good considering, according to Mike Russo, <laughs> the athletic, his contract is up, Chuck Fletcher, after the year. We're just going to get really drilled some nights. That Jets game, it's going to be the norm once every two weeks. Yeah. Well, I do find it interesting that this is apparently and reportedly the final year of Chuck Fletcher's contract. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that happens often. I don't think. I don't think uh, GMs in all sports. It's not like their contracts are publicized as players' contracts are. So sometimes you don't know. I couldn't tell you how long Rick Spielman's contract runs. Or yeah, they usually don't. You know, Terry Ryan that. had a lifetime contract, but clearly it wasn't a lifetime contract. And Russo's story said that uh, that he uh, thinks, believes, or knows that Fletcher has done this before, because Leopold doesn't come out and tell you. So it sounds like there have been times previously during his uh, yeah. during Fletcher's tenure in which he has been in the last year and just gotten extended off of that. Well, if you're going to make a list of pros and cons of the Chuck Fletcher era, if you're if you're going to try to figure out if you want Chuck Fletcher to come back multiple years or if you just want to change it up after the season's over, the list of pros is pretty obvious and I think pretty accomplished. Multiple playoff appearances. In fact, is it five consecutive years now? Playoff appearances. Yes. Now they've at least won some playoff series, at least two a couple play, of them. Two playoff series, yeah. Uh, which, which actually, you could put that in the con bin, which is they've made the playoffs five times. They've never advanced beyond the second round. Uh, I think the biggest indictment of the Chuck Fletcher era is that there are no true star players among the younger complementary group that was supposed to give that support to Suter and Parisi. Mm-hmm. You thought there'd be at least one star where. Maybe those guys would hand the baton off in the way that Blackhawks players did with Patrick Kane, but not quite to that level. And no centers right now, which is a huge deal. Yeah. yeah. So that would be, I mean, if I'm trying to make this decision and I'm Craig Leopold, I'm I'm happy that the team is competitive on a regular basis. I'm not thrilled about the outlook going forward and the fact that there aren't any star players to take over that baton. Here's where it goes to um, the really interesting point. It comes down to what Louis said. If you get to January or February and you realize you're just not that good, you're okay. But I mean, there is a there is a lot of competitive, good teams in this conference. The Central Division is the best in the league. You are in the best division in the league. You could make the playoffs, but it's sort of sort of going to be a race to do so. But if you get to February and you say, "Well, we're really just not that good," the interesting thing is. Will Fletcher be allowed, if he surmises that, will Fletcher be allowed by Leopold to trade off parts potentially and basically say, okay, you know what, this is not going to work, therefore we don't even care if we make the playoffs, 
Therefore, we can try and get draft picks, and we can try and acquire either young players or picks uh, through trades. The issue is this. Craig Leopold said during training camp, Stanley Cup or bust, basically. This is a Stanley Cup team. And and if he truly believes that, which I think he does, Chuck Fletcher's going to remain, if he stays on the job, in the exact same place, which is, okay, now i got to go out and make some more trades to try it, to try and race to get into the playoffs, knowing full well, from a hockey standpoint, that we probably don't have a chance. Well, if it is Stanley Cup or bust, and I agree that it's... I, we can talk bust. more about that, maybe. We're going to get to stuff you should know about here, but sometimes that or bust is way too aggressive in sports commentary. If you don't win a championship, then burn the whole building down. Well, okay. I mean, then Bill Belichick's the only guy not fired ever. So I, I take some issue with that general mindset of sports fans and media. But if, you're, if your goal at the end of the year was championship and you're one-third of the way through the season and mm-hmm. you're in last place in your division, mm-hmm. Colorado just passed you. Yep, last night. You're in last place in your division. That's a pretty wide gap between what you were hoping for and what what the reality is right now. But it's one thing if if we dump on on Fletcher or fans say, well, you're not good at your job. It's another if you get called in and said, Chuck, what's going on here? I said it's Stanley Cup or bust. Leopold's thing. See, I think from the day that they signed Suter and Parisi, there was an expectation of not not just internally that we're going to make the playoffs. There was an expectation that day that this is going to take us to a cup. And I think that that expectation was the fan base, it was the media, and most importantly, it was the guy that owns the team. And now you're not there. So if Fletcher is, if Fletcher is going to be realistically potentially about this in a month and a half or so, he might very well say, okay, we have to look at going to players, seeing if they'll waive their no trades, and seeing if we can start to to trade guys to get draft picks back. But there's also a real chance that the guy that owns the team is going to say, absolutely not. Yeah, He's going to say, I expect to win a Stanley Cup. All right, well, at that point, you're stuck. And, and where I do think Fletcher— They might still fill that building for a couple of years with oh, very bottom-feeding teams. I mean, it's just a cool place to hang out. Very it's much so. to the X. Where, where, Fl- where Fletcher finds himself in a difficult position, too, is this is Coach 3. Coach one, no previous experience, right? Didn't do well, didn't make the playoffs. Richards got fired. Coach two, same story. Mike, yo, you went and got to, at the time, star players. You start to make the playoffs, okay. But you, but in, in the minds of a lot of people, yo didn't necessarily control the team correctly. He gets fired. Coach three, really experienced coach. At some point in time, I think what they're going to say is, Chuck, you're on your third coach. You told us now that, that you were going to go down the veteran path, and that's not working. But I do, I think his biggest issue eventually is going to be the fact that this guy that owns the team had his sights on winning a Stanley Cup and trying to explain to him, well, we're going to have to get bad to get good again. Not going to go yeah. over. Uh, Dave, what kind of stuff do you have for us when we come back? What do you care? Tigers on the on the range right now hitting irons. Uh, 35 minutes and 30 seconds until Tiger tees off. They have a Tiger tees off clock counting down on the Golf Channel right now. That's unbelievable. He's wow. a rip, man. Look at him. He's beefy. Oh, he's always been is beefy. He, beefy? Like, he got he... a little bit more lean there in the last couple of years because he wasn't lifting weights as much. Oh, his back looks like I a... mean, I heard. His left arm is dragging slightly, though. That's really bad. Well, he's off center. He's had nine back surgeries in the last six months. Hey, there's so. a spine right in the ground. <laughs> Big time controversy going into Thursday night football. We'll have uh, details on that. Sounds good. Um, all right. I want to uh, introduce the audience here to a friend of mine, a, a friend for the last year behind the scenes, and somebody uh, I want to bring to the light here on Mackie and Judd, Chris Lindahl. 
and his team, and you see his billboards all over the place. He's yeah, he's the billboard guy around town. Uh, he knows his marketing, and he will apply all of that marketing knowledge and all that marketing drive to your needs. For me, it was selling my condo last February. Not only did Chris Lindahl and his team sell the condo within three hours of it going on the market, it was for top dollar, for a lot more money than I thought we would even put it on the market for. Chris Lindahl and his team can help you and give you the same experience they gave me. They're also saying thank you to listeners of this radio show in a big way for the holidays. Somebody's going to win a free listing contract with the Chris Lindahl team. That means some family out there, maybe your family, is going to get your house sold for free with the full marketing that goes with it. To enter this holiday listing giveaway, go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. Or call his bat line, 763-401-SOLD. Chris Lindahl, the number one REMAX results team. Mackie and Judd now continue. Get the name right, and then if you're lucky, it'll appear. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by KFC. Get your family the gift of a $20 fill-up from KFC. You put it on the table instead of under the tree, but they'll still love it. KFC, it's finger-licking good. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. Woo! All right, Dave, t- Tiger's on TV, so we're being ignored by Phil completely, but I'm going to pay rapt attention to you. I'm going to be like Judd when there's like 16-year-old international hockey uh, tournaments sure. on TV. Okay. He's just got his back turned yeah. to both of us. Yeah, World Juniors is coming up like at the, the end of December. Like the IIHF in Don't mock the world, the world Juniors. country. The World Juniors is one of the great tournaments that there is, okay? So great, so great. So much better than this Tiger Woods stuff. Teeing off, what's it say, 11.05 our time here, so we're under 30 minutes on the Tiger. 20 Eight minutes and 38, 37, 36 seconds here. Actually, just keep going with that countdown for the next 10 minutes. Just get us through the segment. That would be great. Sure, I'll just in the background. That would be fantastic. 20, 30, 29, 28. Let's do this. We haven't done one of these in a while. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. For anyone not familiar, it's up to you guys to identify either the voice or the situation. You have to identify the voice here that I'm going to play. It'll be tough identifying the female's voice because I don't know that you've ever heard it, but there is a male voice coming in this following clip. Very short, but if you listen closely, you might be able to identify it. Are you ready? It's not Matt Lauer, is it? It is not Matt Lauer. Okay. Oh, hey, Santa. I'm just here at the nursery shopping for a Christmas tree. Say hi, baby. Hi. (laughs) Can you identify who baby is? Do you want it one more time? One more time. Oh, hey, Santa. I'm just here at the nursery shopping for a Christmas tree. Say hi, baby. Hi. (laughs) Your hint is this person probably really, really hated that he made it on social media. Mm. I I was going to say Nick Saban. Is it Nick Saban? God, you're really close. You're really close. Uh, Belichick? You got it. Yeah. 
That is the girlfriend Linda Holiday and Bill Belichick doing some Christmas tree shopping. Oh, he he had to go Christmas shopping. Yeah, and she threw it up on the snap face or the uh, oh, no. chat stir Insta chat. Was she referring face. to him as Santa, or was there a Santa? No, there was like a little Santa figurine that she started on. Then then she pans over to Bill uh, as he's uh, picking out the tree, and the two helper guys are get about to pick it up or wrap it up or wow. whatever. So Bill, so she brought Bill out of the film. Who do they they must play someone crappy this week if he's going Christmas shopping? Yeah, what team are they on to? They have out. to they have to be like seventeen point favorites against whoever they're playing. Wow, because he's not if if they're playing the Steelers at Bills. Oh yeah, for sure. Nathan Peterman's probably going to play again, right? <laughs> if Bill can go Christmas shopping, if you were to give me a list of the least likely people on the face of the earth to go Christmas shopping. Bill would have been top five. Well, it's not just Christmas shopping. It's picking out the tree. They were at the tree lot. How does Bill not have a fake tree? I've got a fake tree. A lot of people like to go real. I'm with you. Fake's the way to go. Fake but... trees are the greatest. <laughs> Eliminates all problems. They don't light on fire as easily. Exactly. You know? yeah. I don't know if you guys are aware, but uh, James Harden is really, really good at basketball. Are you aware of the month he's had? As the Rockets kicked the crap out of the Pacers last night. Harden has now finished just one point shy of becoming what would be the third player in NBA history to average 35 points per game and 10 assists for an entire calendar month. Oscar Robertson, Tiny Archibald, the only other guys to do it. One more point last night, and he would have hit that average. So I I wonder why they're not better. I mean, they're good. But they're not going to win a championship. I mean, I know they're leading the Western Conference in wins right now. Fun but to watch, though. They are. So is it just because he doesn't care about – he doesn't play a lot of defense. I was say he plays zero defense. He is one of the most fun players in the history of the NBA to watch because he'll pull up from anywhere. Mm-hmm. He puts up crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Westbrook, though, it's the gap between the numbers they put up and then the team results are going to wind up being pretty interesting historically. The other note, uh, 59.2 ports, points per game he either scored or assisted on for the month. Better than any month of Michael Holy Jordan's cow. career. They are fun to watch. That's, That's really impressive. Yeah, it's because Jordan was actually focusing a little bit on de- defense once in a while. Just <laughs> who's pumped up for football tonight, huh? Anybody know who's I got playing? Some, I got some. Cowboys on. are playing tonight, Washington. right? Yes, I've you got that, it. Uh, okay, Dallas. I'm not pumped up whatsoever. Washington. Why aren't you happy? I'm going to the uh, Wild Vegas Knights game, Golden wow. Knights. That's oh, that's why. right. That's the game you're going to go to yep. in place of doing during something these, productive the morning for the updates, show. Yeah. Doing the morning updates tomorrow, which really have nothing to do with the show since the show starts at 8.57. Well, there's controversy. But we won't revisit that. Okay, going to the Wild game also has nothing to do with the show. Are you kidding? I bring my Wild takes based on my time spent at that building. Okay, another poll. Second poll of the day. Wow, this is turning into the Lebertard show. I I'm love very it. excited about our first poll. What's more interesting as a listener? Judd's wild hockey takes or Judd being punished for his bad football? Judd being punished I, for his bad football betting on the air. I have, Something like that. I have no expectation. What's more entertaining to listeners? I have no expectation that the loyal listeners to this show do not tune in that early. First of all, they do. 8.57 a.m. That's Second of all, in. we would replay the updates on our show. Quit trying to make dumb excuses for your addiction I, to... Mediocre Western Conference hockey. It's not my fault. It's mediocre, okay? (laughs) That's Chuck Fletcher and Craig Leopold and Booth. Anyway, the controversy going into tonight's football game, which is where this all started. Sorry, Uh, The Nike Color Rush uniforms, boys. They were unveiled, uh, what, September of 2016, I think, is when they you know, officially unveiled what the color rush is going to look like for all teams. Yeah. And for the uh, Washington squad, it was the gold on gold. 
apparently the Redskins hate it and they're it not like going to wear it. So it looks like yes. they're naked. Yes. Yeah, I suppose that's about right. They're Except not going to do for it? The, uh, the actual maroon colored helmet. Yes, they've uh, said they are absolutely not going to do it. We'll see if they follow through. But Chris Cooley even said on a radio interview yesterday that they're going maroon on maroon and that's the way it's going to be. So yeah. stick it, Nike. Do yeah, you do you boys remember when the Vikings, uh, for a brief time early in the children's years, went purple on purple? And and unfortunately, the fat guys look like big purple pimples. And so the Vikings said, uh-uh, no more. We're not going purple on purple. Until 2010, when when all the players hated Childress so much and they knew that he couldn't stand that combination, they voted to wear purple on purple in one more game. Pat Williams looked like he should be on PBS with four kindergartners. I love you. You love me. I mean, it was it was very borderline <gasps> creepy. Pat Williams in the full purple uniform. I saw Moore's Grimace, the old McDonald's character. Oh, I liked Grimace. Yeah, that's Grimace one. is fantastic. Yeah, Grimace you was got a hamburger too. Rubble, rubble. Bring back the old characters, by the way. <laughs> that's a great idea. All right, let's do this. For the win has put together a flow chart, kind of a choose your own adventure thing where you answer one question based upon your answer, then you get another question. It's a short series of questions, but this is how. You could possibly, as the Twins, land Otani, the superstar, uh, multi-talented player. The from, Babe Ruth of Japan. From yeah. Japan, correct. Okay, so it's the where should Otani play in 2018 flowchart. Are you ready? Yes. Answer as Otani. How do you feel about being, being a DH? Either cool with it or it's an abomination. <laughs> um, wait, who are, the perspective is like you're a team answering these well, of, it's supposed to be Otani answering, but, oh, you know, okay. I mean, if you answer the way you want him to answer, right, then exactly. it'll be it's a like a, It's like a match game. Yeah, let's go is. here. Um, I would say uh, I'm pro DH here. Pro, pro DH. DH. Cool with it? Abomination to me. Mm. I want pitchers to hit. Well, we don't care what you say because we want to do it the right way. <laughs> How much does money matter to you? Doesn't matter. I'd like at least a million. I want to stack that paper. Well, we know that he doesn't care about money, but we want to pay him money as a team. So I'll answer however I think is... Like favorable to him. I know that he doesn't care about money, so stack that paper. Or I'd like at least a million. I'd like at least a million. Oh, okay. yeah, stack the paper. Come on. Uh, would you like to live someplace with a large Japanese community? I don't think he cares. I, I'm going to say no. All right. Not terribly important. Yep. How do you feel about cold weather? Yay or nay? Wasn't the the city he played in? Wasn't it more closer to like a Midwest climate? I'm going to say uh, cold weather is fine. Okay. Uh, well, you would be playing outside. Do you mind that? No, this is baseball. Oh, shoot. He's a Texas Ranger. Okay. I bet all of these lead to like the Rangers or the Yankees, right? Yep. No matter so what. Close. Rangers, Yankees, Dodgers. It's never Dang, the Rays. We, we almost got him. Do you like playing in crappy uh, <laughs> crappy stadiums with artificial turf and big Tropicana logos on the... Uh, <laughs> Outfield scoreboard. Want to be a Tampa Bay way. Yes, I do. Texas Rangers, anyways. All I right. want a catwalk. <laughs> I want pop-ups to go right in, into the catwalk. That's what I want. Uh, Judd, you seem to have overvalued the value of your hot wild takes on the show here. What's more interesting? Poll, fifteen hundred ESPN Twitter poll. What's more interesting as a listener? Judd's hot takes on the wild, or Judd paying up a football bet by doing morning updates from six to nine a.m. And sixty uh, percent of the audience wants to hear you doing sports it, updates. It's fifty-fifty yeah. now. That's I just because you just voted. I just voted, That's so good. it's fifty-fifty. Get it back to sixty-forty. <laughs> yeah, it's
good. Mackie and Judd. Bill Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Is it for charity at all? Uh, not that I know of. It's just somebody decided it would be fun. Mackie and Judd. It's like a clown car, but much smellier. On 1500 ESPN. Want to win a 55-inch TCL Roku TV? Join Johnny Height at Sports Page in Bloomington 3-5 to five this Saturday for the ultimate college football viewing party with Dos Equis. Enjoy a nice cold one. And you can register to win that new TV. Put game day over everything this college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. More details at 1500ESPN.com. And this portion of Mackie and Judd Tiger Watch is brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Now, I can't tell if he is just sort of resting his hand on his seven iron there or if he's trying to prop himself up because he can't stand up because his back's out of whack. But... He looks good on the range in his outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks really he looks really sharp. Uh, he tees off in uh, 15 minutes, 14 minutes, 13 minutes and 27 seconds. Yep, and he'll uh, last for um, a good uh, two or three holes, I think, before he has to withdraw from the tournament. Don't you think it would be fun if he could at least play competitively for another five years? Or are you just... I'm done with him. Okay. I'm just done with him. Yeah, I don't really care about Tiger. If he plays fine, but I think it's always going to be something now. I think it's all. I think the back's going to always creep up, and there's always going to be something. It's my Zach Parisi theory. I think with Zach, I think he's going to come back, and I and I hope he does well. But I don't have a lot of faith here. Well, I, I think, think once playing, your back starts playing to hockey go, and golf seem to be really strenuous. I mean, any sport with a back injury, really, but right. Uh, like the the torque you put on your back with a golf swing, and then there's, hockey, you're always like hunched over. And, there's no good sport, right? For a back problem, there's no good, there's no ideal. I mean, you're going to come back and play, what, hockey or football? Football, you're going to take a pounding. Baseball, you've got a swing or throw. That's going to screw your back up. Yeah, remember Golf, Steve Nash torque. with his back problems in the NBA? And whenever he'd come out of a game for, you know, whatever, a five-minute rest, he'd have to lay off to the side on yep. the baseline with a special towel pillow and then some guy, like, massaging him the whole time. I think Bird used to look, go do, do the same thing. Go lay down by the bench for... Extended periods of time. Yeah. Otherwise, his, his back would lock up. Uh, Mackie and Judd poll results from the 9 o'clock hour. 800 votes are in. 823 votes are in here. Which Minnesota coach would you most like to drink with? 7% Tom Thibodeau. Yep. <laughs> Poor Tibbs. He's not even, like, welcoming in a seat. Not that Mike Zimmer is Mr. Welcoming either, but Mike Zimmer is leading this conversation. Dave? I think Tibbs would be my number one. I'd love to see the guy with a drink in his hand. I bet he drinks very good stuff, and I think he gets a little jolly when he's uh, had a couple. And he, pr- you're, you're probably right about the budget for spending on top shelf liquor and and good, you know, aged wine. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have kids. Single guy, no kids. Exactly. Yeah. So single guy, no kids. Uh, you know, really, you know, doesn't doesn't have like a lavish. Well, I'm sure he has a lavish. It's house Manny's now. or Murray's, with Tibbs. It's it's gonna be really good. Well, even I mean, just at his place, I'm sure he's got a nice little setup where he can watch film. He's just got the little bar in the globe where he can pull out a nice, uh, you know, aged bourbon and pour himself a little uh, whiskey you know, on the rocks. Tibbs or and Judd have a lot of similarities, except for the extra zeros on Tibbs' check every single <laughs> two week period. <laughs> I was gonna say, except for the fact he makes no a kids, ton of money. no kids, yep. uh, no no responsibilities. Now, now, yeah, a lot of alcohol. Judd, his wife drinks all the wine. Yeah. <laughs> you said it, not me, and it's accurate. Um, Tibbs, though, see, see the difference is Tibbs goes, goes I think, to top, uh, top shelf places, and I do sometimes, but I think Tibbs is film room, 
in the arena, Manny's or Murray's. Do we know he's a Manny's or Murray's guy, or are we just speculating? No, uh, I think he does live downtown. I was I was told last year that I think it was Manny's. I think he basically went film, film, film all day. Nice big steak <laughs> at Manny's. Back to film. Film, film, steak, beef. <laughs> Do you think he even has them cook? You know what? The ordering. You know what? Manny's when they wheel out the big rack of raw meat, you get to like stare down your prey. And here's a hundred twenty dollar raw piece of meat that we'll cook for you. Do you think he even bothers them to have them cook it? I'll just you know I'll just take it off. I'll just take it off the bone here. Eat it myself. The ordering process must be great though. Dave's right. Your your potato mashed, <laughs> mashed. Wait, switch, 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 baked. Just going through the God. whole thing. I could see that. Uh, 19% say they would like to drink with Bruce Boudreaux. 25% say Cheryl Reeve, who is my number one. Mm-hmm. I think a uh, good glass of champagne, maybe from a bottle that was uh, from a championship, because she actually wins championships. What a novel concept in this town. Yep. And then 49% say Mike Zimmer, because football. I'm going to drink with Mike Zimmer. I think if you want to learn, you're right, Cheryl Reeve. I think if you I think if you want to go drink beer, eat peanuts, and hear a guy bitch about his players, it's boots. Tibbs, you might be right on Tibbs, Dave, but I'm not sure. Zim would be good steak, good wine. I could see Zim about three glasses into starting to just spill his guts. That's possible. That'd be almost the one problem with Cheryl Reeve. Not that it wouldn't be fun, but she's such an open book to begin with. I don't know that you'd learn a whole lot. I think you could learn mentality, though, of how to win, which most people in this town can't give you. Maybe, but I'm just saying the the, the alcohol truth serum effect. Sure. I don't, you know, Zim could be phenomenal. You know what, though? Yeah. That mentality on how to win, we could use that on this radio show. So maybe we should go Absolutely. some uh, some champagne with Cheryl Reeve. Uh, let's talk some Vikings when we come back here. Let's talk about some of the more. We've been talking quarterbacks and you know Keenum and the Mike Zimmer soundbite from yesterday. What are some of the more underrated, under-the-radar stories about this team and their success so far this season. And Myron Medcalf on Gophers Miami from last night in about 20 minutes from now. Mackie and Judd.